Welcome to the Infrastructure Podcast, this new series of conversations with some of the key leaders and influencers from across the vast UK infrastructure sector. My name is Anthony Oliver and in today's podcast we're going to talk about the challenge of delivery beyond time and budget and specifically the role of the trusted advisor. Now, not so long ago, when it came to delivery, project managers were wedded to the classic iron triangle of cost, time and scope, uh, from which, of course, you could achieve one, two, but certainly not all three. Today's modern clients, they want more. Meeting or beating the cost, budget and time schedule is a given, and their new demand and the challenge for those working for them is for greater economic and social return from their investment. So to understand and discuss this issue and how it might be achieved. My guest today is Patricia Moore, uh, Managing Director for the UK at Global Consultancy Turner and Townsend. Patricia, welcome to the Infrastructure Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. It's a pleasure. Okay, well, let's kick off by finding out a little bit more about the modern client. Uh, Patricia, uh, you've spent the last 24 years at Turner and Townsend working closely with a range of different public and private sector clients. Am I right? Are they more demanding today? Yeah, I mean, I think there there are many of the thematics that we've seen in the industry for a long time are, are still there. You know, they might be called different things these days, where we in the past we called them value for money. Today, we're, we're focused more around productivity and efficiency. Um, I think what we see is that clients are definitely getting thinner in terms of their organisations and the capability that they hold. Uh, but the expectation in terms of their performance and what they're asked to deliver, I think, is getting, you know, bigger. The programmes are, are bigger scale, more complex, harder therefore to navigate. And you're right, I think there is, you know, also the backdrop of the changing paradigm of the new, um, uh, you know, the new the new challenges around carbon, sustainability, delivering in a digital way, and also in terms of outcomes, you know, about having a big social value contribution in terms of, you know, the, the, the programmes that they deliver. So lots of things are changing, actually, but um, you know, I think that's what keeps things interesting and, uh, you know, keeps challenging all of us. I mean, are there, are there some specific challenges that you face today that perhaps a decade ago weren't there? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big new currency, uh, rather than just cost these days, is about carbon. You know, and that's that's about as much as bringing the economic equation to carbon as well as the solution of how do you get, you know, the carbon transformation and get every every business transforming to being a net zero um, business. So I think that's opened up a whole new set of challenges, you know, for, for clients and their core businesses as much as in the in the capital investment programs that they're making. Um, I think definitely also, you know, being able to to trade and run programs in a fully digital environment um, so that we can really get the best of teams to collaborate. I think those are all new, new big fresh challenges that the industry is still working through. Um, but it's definitely, you know, a changing paradigm that we can see is is increasing. And then I think the other big area, you know, is is that we're all being measured, particularly in the public sector, around the social value and the contributions that we're making. Now, I think infrastructure, you know, is is great from a, a perspective of looking at that because that's what effectively what infrastructure schemes are trying to do is liberate a community or you know connect communities or you know put new social infrastructure into communities. So I think the the baseline projects of what we do in infrastructure are very um, laudable, actually, and they, they talk very much very well to that social value equation. Of course, for most clients, I mean, uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but most clients uh, building 
managing assets. I imagine it's not their core business. You know, most For most of your clients, you know, they're one-off distracting events which take longer than expected and cost more usually. I mean, sure, there's something that most of your clients would rather not be doing. So as a business like Turner & Townsend, I mean, how do you help them in that case? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we sort of see two types of clients in the infrastructure market in particular. You do get the more mature clients, the asset managers, you know, if they're, they're um, you know, the regulated asset managers, if you like, the you know, whether that's the water sector or the aviation sector, whatever. Um, and they tend to be more educated clients. You know, they, ha- they hold a level of capability and capacity. But even those clients, when you start to put, for instance, Heathrow third runway into the equation of them running a big, you know, operation, uh, it does challenge them in terms of capacity. So even, you know, then you then you have this sort of pop-up clients, the clients that get formed to deliver a high-speed two or a crossrail or whatever, you know, where the, where the, the organisation needs to be conceived. So our, our whole approach really is to help the client. And we, we've always been very careful, I guess, to not get involved in design and not get involved in construction. But we bring that management expertise to help clients navigate that landscape to rapidly build capability, to understand, set their stall out actually about what the what the program needs to achieve, to set it up for success, and to help okay. the client perhaps over the life cycle as well build capability and become you know the the capable client that they need to be to deliver successful outcomes in the program. Which is where I come to this this idea, I suppose, of the trusted advisor. Um, I mean, your, the phrase on your website is you know, making a difference. Um, I mean, what what's what, what is this so-called trusted advisor that I hear so much uh, referenced? Well, I think if you put it in the perspective of what we were talking about earlier, about, um, you know, how clients' businesses have changed, I think, you know, of old, you might have had a very highly capable client organisation, a big owner's team, and we would have been perhaps a service provider to that owner's team relationship, you know, so we were providing perhaps commercial management services, project management services, what we're seeing now is, you know, as the clients have got thinner and as the demand profiles got bigger, then actually we are filling more of the space into the client team, the owner's team, and we're building that capability into the client and really thinking about strategic solutions for clients, much more around integrated solutions where we bring a lot of our services together, where we help the client set up the, the program for success in the early days. And then we really drive it towards outcomes. And we want to do more and more of that as we go forward, where we are, you know, really driving towards integrated solutions and, and, and being rewarded on the outcomes that we deliver rather than for selling services or, or selling people. And the phrase you use a lot also is working smarter. Um, I mean, I mean, how does how does that bring clarity to your clients' aspirations? Well, we all have to work smarter because, you know, there's there's, you know, a big capacity issue in our industry at the same time as the demand cycle is just becoming, you know, stronger and stronger. And that's that's on the back, I think, of successive governments understanding the value of infrastructure investment, how, what it means to the economy. And so what we're seeing is this continued demand, gone are the days of the big boom and bust that we used to get in construction, which is brilliant. But what we haven't done successfully enough is really build the skills and the capacity that we need as we go forward. So really, you know, we are we bring a programmatic approach. That's what we, you know, that's what we effectively do with clients. As we say, we stand back, we assess the problem, we assess right. what they're trying to achieve, and then we design the program accordingly. And we bring that programmatic discipline to solving so, those those challenges. So, to do do these clients, do they still need to be uh, intelligent, um, or do you provide 
that intelligence for them? Well, I think it depends. You know, one of the things that we do very quickly with clients is understand what type of client they want to be. So if you think of, you know, uh, an Olympics client that was a very thin client and they went for big delivery partners and, and they saw their role as, you know, setting out the requirements and assuring against that, uh, right down to a high-speed two that's built, a, you know, a whole raft of capability. Uh, there is no one-size-fits-all. So you've got to work with the organisation to see what is the right solution. Uh, and then then it's about us bringing, um, you know, helping them de- determine that approach, but then also tailoring our, our services and our solutions alongside that. So that can be, you know, bringing intelligence and insight, you know, benchmarking what owners' teams look like right through to what are the benchmarking performance standards that we would expect for the for the programme. Um, right through to actually then alternatively becoming their delivery partner and and, build, and building big teams that that bring that capability. So it's it's either strategy or it's it's you know deep solutions. Because I'm always, um, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued as to how you describe a business like Turner and Townsend. I mean, who do you who do you compete with? I mean, is it is it the traditional engineering consultants? Is it the management uh, consultants like McKinsey or EY, or or is it the, the the tech giants such as Google or Microsoft who are now entering the market? Where where do you place yourself in that? Well, I mean, I think we 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 compete with you know all of them at some point you know at some level really it depends really on the sector and it depends on the market i mean we are seeing a difference i think in appetite with the multidisciplinary um consultancies i think they were being become quite expansive years ago i think they're retracting more to their core these days and they're they're divesting of certain markets so going back going back to the, the the design aspect of what they they used to do yeah 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 we're seeing more of that um, and also the big four were moving more and more into our space, I think, with some of the challenges that they've encountered, you know, through the conflicts in their audit businesses. And is that a good thing? Well, a good it, just, thing? It, just, it just is the thing, isn't it, you know? So, I mean, I think it depends on, um, you know, which sectors you look at. There's there's definitely areas where we, we really are up against the strategy houses and the big four. And there are other places where we're up against the multi-Ds and there are other places. Well, I mean, we, we work very comprehensively across the tech sector. So the, the tech giants are really our biggest clients globally. Google's right, our yeah. biggest client across the world. Uh, you know, we do a lot of work for, for all of them, really. So, um, yeah, so, so it's... So rather than competing with them? Yeah, we're a very diverse business. I think we, we set out to build a diverse business model because we knew that would give us a lot of resilience. But we were very... Um, measured in in the sense that we didn't want to do design we didn't want to get involved in construction we absolutely want to be shoulder to shoulder with our clients to really you know be the partner of choice for our clients um and and that's a space that i think that we've become quite unique in and you're growing um rapidly um i mean how how are you attracting the best staff and retaining the best staff because uh the kind of growth rates that you've been going through um that you know that requires a lot of new talent coming in yeah they do they do and i think we're also doing all of that in very changing times Anthony. you know i think in our generation people were quite happy to stay with an employer and and be quite loyal to employers now actually they see change as good and they absolutely want to move through different organizations we've we've always invested heavily in our early careers cohort and, uh, you know, we're very proud of that. I think we've got a very industry leading um, offer really for, for grads and apprentices. Um, but I think the other big thing that we've done quite differently over the last few years, we spent two and a half, three years discovering our purpose and really articulating what that means for us as as a consultancy and where we fit there for in our industry. 
we know that our industry is a fantastic industry, but yet it has a really bad reputation. And then when you look at it in terms of productivity and hard measures from a government perspective, we need to do a whole lot better. And that's why the, you know, the, the government set this industry agenda to transform construction. So, you know, we've allied our purpose to that really where, you know, we want to transform construction for a green, inclusive and productive world. And that really talks to that wider purpose that is, you know, which is really desired, I think, from our employees these days. You know, our people absolutely want to get on a journey that is more purposeful than just coming to work and doing a job every day. Even even as great as building an infrastructure scheme is, you know, they want to see that wider contribution. Okay, and what one of the things which presumably is behind that is, I mean, you, as a business, you've got an ambition, I believe, to be net zero by twenty thirty. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So we're, yeah. you know, we're doing a lot of work um, internally and with CBRE to really look at how do we hone that offer for the market as well as at the same time get ourselves, um, you know, shaped up and and right for that. So, you know, that's a really big, exciting area, actually, where we are working with many clients. But CBRE are a great example of, you know, they're the biggest real estate company in the world. And we're helping them determine their programme for, you know, net zero. And we're working through that in a systematic way. But we're working across a lot of uh, both our public and private sector clients uh, on that. And we're really looking at forming, as most other companies are very interested in this area as well. But I think we are... We are very keen that we bring a different approach and we're not getting into technical solutions. We are much more about how do you assemble the the kit of parts to get you to a a net zero solution. And that's quite a different offer that clients are telling us that they're seeing in the marketplace. Okay, let's talk a bit more about you, Patricia, because, you know, when we talk about retaining staff, I mean, you've been at TNT since... Uh, 1999 when you started as a commercial manager in real estate and yet since then you've had a number of roles you're know, running the rail business running the infrastructure sector and now of course um, uh, the whole of the UK um, uh, business I mean how would you describe the skills that have kept you at Turner and Townsend? Yeah I mean I think um, it starts with and I always say this to you know lots of the or younger people come and sort of say you know how do you go on in the business how do you you know how do you stay relevant or how do you uh you know progress up the ranks of the organization and I think it starts with having a great technical skill set when you're in professional services so you know I, I spent the first part of my career really honing that technical capability in commercial management and uh in and extra extra qualifications that I did in, in dispute resolution as well um, then, then I, I moved more into program management, and I sort of assumed a, a project controls capability that helped me then translate really what I did across a wider part of our business. So then, as I started to move up, I was better equipped to to be able to take, for instance, the infrastructure leadership role because I knew more of the component parts of the service offer. Um, as you then translate up through the business, I think it becomes much more about people skills and and then business acumen and you sort of grow those skills as you become a business leader and and that's what's been great I think about my my career is that I've continued to learn and grow and develop and um and obviously that's in the backdrop of you know a very changing world about what's what's acceptable and what's expected of business as well so you know I'm a great believer in the growth mindset Carol Dweck you know as a Stanford University um psychologists who basically put out a you know a whole theory and, and thinking around the growth mindset and I use that as a as a great 
guide to you know challenge myself challenge my fixed mindset keep myself in a growth mindset and keep learning and I think that's what those are the attributes I think that enable you to um, continue to grow and learn and develop. Okay I mean clearly you're passionate about the sector and, and clearly also you need to be passionate about the people side of your business because the people are, are, are your assets. I mean what are the most difficult bits what, what are the most rewarding uh, parts? I think the, the most rewarding bit is that every every day is really different you know the job is really varied and you know our business is very diverse as I said so you know there's lots of different challenges and, and no two days are the same uh, and that's brilliant I think it's really stimulating um, the, the more challenging things are you know I mean it's trying to get a handle on the market these days you know it's it's trying to forecast what is going to come because if you look at all the macroeconomic factors you know, we should be in right, deep yeah. recession and we should be in crisis right, yeah. in the business. But we aren't right now, you know, because, you know, the things that used to be quite easy to translate are becoming increasingly complex and difficult. So I think those are the more challenging things about how do you, you know, how do you keep the right balance in the business between optimism and, and investment and, and uh, you know, positivity, but also, you know, how do you control the costs and, you know, keep, keep people in, in full employment? Yeah. You know, it's like any job, you, you have the rough and the smooth, there's some amazing parts and then there's some real challenges, but working together, you know, and having the right, and that's why we think our purpose journey is uh, is so helpful, really, because it does create that North Star to really challenge your thinking and stop you from taking real short-term decisions. Yeah, yeah. Well, creating a balance, I suppose, between uh, your working life and your uh, your downtime is also really important. I know you're, you like your tennis is that is that what you still you're still doing to take your mind off work? You're still playing a lot of tennis, are you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I have my three children as well, so they take up a fair bit of time. My three boys, but yeah, I'm a real tennis nut. Yeah, I love playing tennis, and I, I try and get as much playing in as I possibly can, mainly at the weekends. But um, and I love watching it. You know, I love going to the tournaments and stuff as well. So yeah, yeah. Very good. Although I'm well, very we just... sad that Rogers Rogers retired. <laughs> I'm very right. sad about that. <laughs> Well, exactly. Well, you know, you've been modelling your backhand tots been down the line. No, I mean, the career has been through a lot of ups and downs. And, and, and as you say, it's difficult to get a handle on what's happening. What what keeps you interested and excited about this sector? Well, it just, you know, it just makes a massive contribution to people's lives, doesn't it? You know, whether we're building the schools that people learn and our kids learn and or, you know, the hospitals that we get better in or, um, the railways that connect our communities, you know, you know, every, everything right down to building a water treatment plant that, you know, that gives people clean water. It's, uh, it has such, it's, you know, infrastructure has such a you know, massive higher level purpose, doesn't it? It makes such a huge contribution to people's lives. I think at the same time, having, you know, having that clarity of purpose is amazing. But we know that there's a massive performance agenda that we need to improve within the industry. And so that is something that, you know, that, you know, having that challenge as well is, is something that keeps you illuminated. And then I think finally, it's, it's also about, you know, as you get to my stage in my career where I've done, you know, over, over 30 years in the industry, you know, you're, you're increasingly thinking about, you know, what's the point of view and what's, what's your personal purpose and how you're making a contribution. And, and a lot of that for me is the people agenda and how I'm bringing people through the industry and through, through our organization and creating you know, the talent for the future to, to continue the journey with the industry performance agenda. Is it is it a fun, is it fun, a fun place to work there? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think we have great fun. Yeah, we've always, we've always had a big fun culture. 
but even the even the what's called fun is is a diversely changing model these days, Anthony. You know, I think the gone are the days where it was just all about going to the pub. You know, I think now people are asking to do more diverse things and more have fun in more diverse ways, and yeah, yeah. and and that's really great. You know, I I do think the more fun that you have, the more enduring the team. You know, and the more impactful the team actually, you know, we're all human beings, aren't we? Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing it's how many people I speak to do emphasise this point that people now want to have, uh, you know, there's a serious business infrastructure, but people also want to work in teams that are fun. Um, and and is, that, is, that, is that what drives you? I mean, is that what drives you, uh, has kept you at, at Turner and Townsend in, in, in the market? There's lots of things that have kept me at Turner and Townsend. I, I certainly felt when I joined the business that I was home and that I would probably never leave. And I think, you know, I haven't, I haven't really, you know, varied from that. Well, well, sum it up for me. You know, how do you then describe... Um, the role of this trusted advisor. What does it really look like to you? Well, I think first of all, it's it is a relationship with the client. You know, we want to get alongside and have a serial relationship with clients, uh, where we understand actually how we drive performance and improvement in their business models, and and we work strategically with them to solution that. And we are you know absolutely driving those solutions and driving the performance of those solutions to get them to the outcomes, and ultimately that we get rewarded on delivering those outcomes. Uh, I think for me, that's what the you know the, the trusted advisor journey really is all about. It's about partnering with clients to deliver great outcomes and drive performance. For instance, Heathrow, you know, we've been working in partnership with Heathrow for the best part of 30 years now. And, you know, that's a really great example of, you know, us aligning our business businesses and really looking at how we continue to add value. Um, and, and we're now doing solutions for them, which are not about us giving teams of people anymore, but they're, we're giving them amazing management information and we're being paid for that management information rather than the old model of, you know, of augmented uh, teams. So that for us is the future about how we get more into, you know, being rewarded for that, for, for those outcomes and driving those outcomes and driving performance. Well, relationship that last that long, Patricia, means you must be doing something right. So thank you so much for joining me today on the Infrastructure Podcast. A really interesting conversation and um, great insights into, into what the future of the sector is all about and, of course, uh, what it means to be a trusted advisor. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Patricia. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Anthony. Best of luck with your podcast series. Thanks very much, Patricia. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, we're going to have more, though, from the Infrastructure Podcast in the pipeline and more guests to talk to as we continue to probe the big issues facing uh, the sector. If you haven't done so already, do check out the new Infrastructure Podcast website. That's www.infrastructure-podcast.com where you'll find lots of background information and all the latest podcasts to listen to and, of course, to share. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks again to Patricia, and I look forward to seeing you again very soon.